Hi, friend. Come on in. Ha. Yes. I am very glad that the door creak is back. All right. When last we left our intrepid pirates, they managed to leave the Red Ghost in their wake. Right now, we're going to join them as they weather a storm. And I'm not just talking a physical one. Here we go. Article 10. Suffering. The Consequences. The camera is unfocused right now, and it seems to be rolling to the left and to the right, back to the left again and to the right. And as it's rolling back and forth, it's starting to gain focus. It's covered in droplets of water, sometimes a wave will crash over the side of the ship and wash the camera all the way up to the wall and wash it all the way back. And finally, a boot walks by it and we focus on that boot and rolls backwards to look up and we see Wayland. Wayland has been searching the ship to make sure the Stroud, the Porta user, and Audra are not on the ship. They are not. Wayland, as you're walking around the cabin and the decks, I want you to describe for me the carnage that you see. Because you have eagle eyes. There are splinters of the ship everywhere. Boards that are stuck in boards purely because they have been shattered in such a way that parts of the hull pierced the hull. He sees people with just injuries probably on their way up to Klaus or just getting as fixed up as they can so that they can go to Klaus. There's dust everywhere, some of it still in the air, just settling from everything as we are escaping. Are we still in the storm? Yes. For the next hour, you're still going to be in the storm. You won't take any damage from the storm, but it is still pummeling the ship. It is still dangerous. I imagine that there is light coming through in beams through cracks in the boards that have been newly made. And what once was, you know, the dark underbelly of the ship is oddly lit with this haunting light as all of the particles is creating sort of this very ethereal after battle glow to certain parts of the ship. There are a couple big gaping wounds in the ship that it's going to take some work. The ship has taken on enough water to be concerned. The repairs that have been made are enough to get you to port, but not enough to stay seaworthy for longer than a couple of days, which is good because your projection was four days anyway. Uh, And because you spent extra raises, it's now only two days. So good job. Hawthorne's having a goddamn panic attack. They are not okay. No, they are not. As you're passing, there's just this stoic mask that they're wearing. You have not seen this mask because the ship has not been damaged as much as it has been in your previous scuffles with ATC ship and other pirate vessels that you needed to attack. They are calm until you look straight in their eyes and notice that the pupils are actually twitching. All of the anxiety that you could possibly fit in a person is in Hawthorne's eyes. A wave comes in and just splashes water out, and Jory is there with sandbags to try and block it. The wells, the little cubbies that the cannons are in, are filling with water, which is no good. Wayland, seeing that, is immediately going to rush to Jory's aid. Jory! What, 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 Master Grewal? What do you need? What can I do? Uh, it's just so much fucking water. Give me orders. Um, uh, help me plug up these holes down near the bottom. Uh, use your coat, sandbags, anything you can grab. We just gotta stop the water coming in. Coat's off immediately. It's... Thick wool. He is taking orders. He is doing whatever anybody tells him to. Hawthorne walks by and sees that you've put the sandbags up and are doing the best that you can. But for right now, there's a gaping hole in the side of the ship that needs to be repaired. And it's going to keep letting water in. Hawthorne is wasting no time hammering in new planks so that 
for now, the hole is covered. Doesn't have to look pretty right now. But they look over at you and in a very calm manner project their voice at you. They're not yelling. They are simply raising their voice to be heard above the waves and the ship and the commotion. Master Greywall. I... I need you in the bilge. Where's that? Go. We have things handled here. Now. I'll try not to get killed. I guess that's the name of the game today. She won't kill you. Go down there. State your intent. Ask her what you can do to help. All right. Master Greywall, just don't... Don't piss her off. All right? Yeah, I got it, Jordy. Hang in there. Oh, I'm hanging. I'll head down very trepidatiously to the bilge. Now, this is the first time that you've been in the bilge. It smells very heavily of seawater. And as you're going down the steps, you see a dead eel. The camera comes over the eel, and it is shredded. Some large claw just tore it apart. Its jaws ruptured and broken. Half of its fins are missing. It almost looks like a bite has been taken out of it. As soon as your foot leaves the top step, you have water up to the top of your boot, which is a very bad sign. It's very eerie down here to see any kind of light, and you see this dart of these bright red eyes in your direction. Hi, Ursa. It's Wayland. I take it you're alive, which is good. There is a very angry grunt. (laughs) Almost a word, but it sounds more guttural than it should be. What can I do? You see her arm sweep and point at a lot of tiny holes that are leaking. A lot of the bigger holes have already been taken care of. All right, I will look around to see if there's anything I can use as a hammer, if not a hammer itself, maybe some nails and whatever spare boards are floating around. Some of them are splintered beyond what you can actually use. Beneath your feet in the water is a hammer, and there are several nails sticking out of where it's been hit from the outside and pushed out of their holes. I'll get to work. As Wayland is working, he's going to try and like grab a glance of what she actually looks like, how old she might be. So obviously that piercing red eyes, just, I don't know. It, Wayland's working. He's got a good sense of where the nails are. He's not going to slam his finger or anything like that. But he can't help but be fascinated by this person that was once a pure unknown on the ship. Because as far as we knew, Ursa just showed up one day, right? That's the scuttlebutt. So your eagle eyes, because you have them, are showing you a lot more of what Ursa actually is. Now, she's standing close to maybe 10-3. She's very tall. She does have those piercing red eyes, which are darting around in the darkness. And when she turns, she almost completely vanishes. You being adept at this, know that she's still there. It's just the shadows and her wool sheepskin that she wears are black. And so she disappears instantly without light. Every once in a while, the ship will rock and a new hole will open up, letting in a little bit of light before it lets in water. And you can see a little bit more every time that happens. Her hands are not hands. And what I mean by that is that they are digits of a claw. Her fingernails are black, ridiculously long and pointed like a bear's claw. Even though she's huge, she makes the space feel bigger than it is. She doesn't look like she's cramped down here. Up near the top, of the actual bilge, which is above the water line. A new hole appears and water jets out and catches her hood and pulls her hood back. And you see Ursa's face. Oh, fuck. She has a muzzle, a bear's nose, but her eyes are still human. Her forehead is still human. Tops of her cheeks are still human. Her hair is human hair, 
which goes into actual fur. And as she grabs the hood and puts it back over her face, you see her ears are bare ears. Oh my god. And when the light hits her, her face is in awful pain. So she immediately blocks it and covers her face. Holy shit. Waylon's not going to linger too long on any of that because the last thing that he wants to do is make her feel self-conscious in any way, shape, or form. What I imagine everybody else would look at is like, oh my god, that's insane. That's almost horror-esque. Waylon's in his head. That's so incredibly badass. The bear of the bilge. Did she call herself that or is that a nickname that she was given? That's the nickname that she was hired with. All right. And also, you guys can add a description if you like. Ooh. We made the crew together, so if you'd like to add a description that I didn't embellish on, like maybe jewelry or like some kind of weapon or something, feel free. Oh, I imagine with Ursa being the badass that she is, she's got a big old fuck you chain necklace (laughs) with some sort of pendant at the end of it. A Russian version of Thor's hammer. And it's a very dull gray metal. Nothing that's going to shine in any sort of light. It's iron. Oh, it's iron. Yeah, that'll do it. I will say to Ursa, while I'm working, I'm not going to take a break, but in between hammering. Ursa, I've got a question for you. I'm tall when I'm young. I'm short when I'm old. What am I? You hear thinking noises, but it's not normal. It's way too deep. It almost sounds like there's a creature in the bilge with you. And then her eyes lock on you. You hear her speak, and she says, Damn, I thought that was gonna get ya. (laughs) That tells me you like riddles, so. There's some good Avalonian ones, and figured I'd give it a shot. The hammering continues, and she turns to you. What is... Given, but also held. Given, but also held. What is given, but also held? A secret? Ursa grumbles in affirmation. When she speaks again, you hear another sound in her throat. She is speaking, and you hear words. But it sounds like a bear growling at you. She says, That was fast. And you see her stop hammering for a second, hold her throat, shake her head, and then keep moving. Something about Avalon, especially with the Fae. Got to be quick of mind. You, you're pretty quick yourself. Think you'd hold your own with any of them. She nods her head in thanks. Stops hammering and takes a cursory look at the bilge. There are buckets floating in the water, and you see her sweep down and grab one. Yeah, I'll do the same. Oh, God, where are we going to put the water? You got to dump it up deck. All right. I'll just kind of lock eyes with her. As I have one bucket, hold my hand out for the other one. I'll bring him up top. The bucket is in her claws, and she just drops it. Okay. <sighs> Oh, I need to work out more. And as I'm making my way up, I will turn over my shoulder. I got one more for you. I want you to use this one on Raz, because I don't think he'll get it either. It's an Avalonian thing. Why can't you iron a four-leaf clover? You hear a... (laughs) And then she leans her face in to show you that she's confused, and she doesn't know the answer. Because you don't want to press your luck. I can't wait to see his reaction to that one. And I will head up top. Above you on the stairs, you hear Hawthorne's voice again. Esther Greywall. Hi. Jory informs me that there is an eel in Mama Coco's quarters right now. Gonna need you to take care of that. Preferably within the next, I don't know, few minutes. That door isn't gonna hold for very much longer. How big is this eel? It's pretty big. You said it was like close to six feet long. It was like taking a velociraptor, ripping off the legs and the arms. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to do this. You have Mama Coco. I do have Mama Coco. I don't want to put her through too much more strain. I think she's going to want to deal with this. 
Well, I was going to say I was going to try and tackle it and throw it out the window. This is something that I would probably pull Mama Coco for, just in case. I Yes, I will go get Mama Coco. And I will check on her and just see how she's doing. Okay. Mama Coco has been brought to the doctor's quarters. And Klaus is very, very busy. Him and his, his assistants have just been nonstop. The beds are full. There are three of them. There are people on the floor bleeding from the head. But he is still in a good mood, which is a good sign. That means no one has died. Mama Coco is laid out on a bed. She's got a cloth over her forehead. She's not looking good. And she's not showing any signs of wounds when you're magic connected. She's not showing any of those signs, but there's clearly something very wrong. Close. Yeah. As soon as you mention Klaus, he immediately turns to you and is grabbing your shoulders and Close. looking you up and down and I'm, checking I'm, your face and your head. I am fine. Oh, good. Not a scratch. Well, a couple scratches, but you know, that is fine. Is fine. What's going on with Verison? Something beyond mine expertise. What's happening? Visibly, Mama Coco is displaying signs of seasickness and vertigo. I have done a full examination and physically... There is nothing wrong with Mama Coco. Medically speaking, she's perfectly fine. However, this could be attributed to some kind of sorcery. Why? What do you need her for? There's sort of an eel in her quarters. And I was thinking of wrestling it out the window, but something tells me that might be a bad idea. Well, and I am telling you that's a bad idea. However, I've never treated eel bites before. Hmm. I'm gonna go to Mama Coco, and I'm just gonna look at my hand. I can't really do anything with my sorcery right here, unfortunately. I'm just gonna put my hand gently on her head, see if she reacts to it. Is she conscious? Yes, she's conscious. Medicine. Oh, wait, Wayland. Hi. Is that you? Hi, I'm here. How? We're all right. The eels are gone. I, I, but mostly gone. Well, what do you mean? What have you done? Well, it seems one of them might have taken a like. She reaches up and grabs your collar and pulls you in. <gasps> what have you done? What have I done? What have you done? I did nothing. What? No, 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 no. It seems like one of them's taken a shine to you and is making home in your quarters. Oh, she lets go. All right. Bring me. Show me. Uh, are you sure? I can... Verison, can you stand? Is this... I'll fix it, Wayland. All right, all right. And I'll lead her to her quarters. Yep. She's acting like she's very dizzy. She has no balance. And every once in a while, she grabs her forehead and pinches between her temples and almost retches, but doesn't go through with it. It's just that dry heave almost. You bring her to her quarters. You can hear the thing. And she holds herself up against the door... Uh, I, I gotta open it. Wayland, get ready. Alright. I don't even have my hook or anything. I do not want to hurt this eel. I'm just ready to pounce if I need to. There's a spot. It's right between the eyes on the top. Alright? You need to hit that. Aim will be true. Usually is. Good. Ready? Alright, here we go. Three. Two. Two. One! She opens the door and the eel like spirals as it was in the back and she just stands there and holds out her arms and the eel launches itself at her. She leans backwards, grabs it as it's like mouth opening, falls with it. Because I'm behind her. Right as she's falling with it, its mouth is in my face and pop! And then falls on top of Mama Coco. Roll it off. Good shot. What did you do? It's sleeping. Well, no, I mean, the the eel, sure. You, I'm more concerned about. Can we get it off the ship before it wakes up? Aye, 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 aye. And I full strength and just heave it out the window. (laughs) Slides down. As soon as the eel is gone, the ship is moving away. Mama Coco's eyes, which are white, by the way, her irises dilate. And she was losing her balance, even though the ship is very sturdy. She stands stock still. Madison. Her head turns jerkily over to you, Wayland. Not here at the moment. 
And you do I have the pleasure of making an acquaintance with? Captain Agui. Do I recognize that name? No. How do you spell that? It's A-G-W-E. E with the accent. A-G-W accent to D. Wayland's just going to say to himself, Why is it always me dealing with the possessions? Captain. Wayland does a bow. Uh, it's a pleasure. What can I do for you? Veritson folds her arms over her chest and kicks one leg up as she leans up against the ship, staring at you. As you're talking to the captain that is currently possessing Veritson. You first, or I first? You seem to be taken over my friend. I assume you're here for some sort of reason. Where be your captain? The camera begins to lift away up into the ceiling of the second deck, which becomes the floor of the main deck, and keeps rising all the way up to the aft castle, where Jesse is still standing at the helm as the storm is starting to subside. And Hawthorne comes into view as they mount the last step and come up to Jesse's side. All right, Captain, the good news is, is that we're still afloat. There are two massive holes in the beautiful rows, one in your captain's quarters and one in the cannon deck. Luckily, we have all of the cannons, so Jory informs me. However, we're out of planks, so I can't fix anything else. And we're still bailing water, so there are holes down in the build. And we still seem to be on course anywhere but land. So are we going to hit land? Soon? What? That's when the camera focuses on Jesse's face, and we see the discolored water leaking from his hairline. Captain, are you alright? I'm fine. And he falls back unconscious, limp as can be. Charles catches you. Easy, easy now. And is it at that moment that I hear... It's at that moment you hear Charles yell, Oi! Go get Klaus! Now! Well, let's find out, shall we? The camera then falls back through the floor of the aft castle and into Jesse's captain's quarters. Though the storm has stopped being as vicious as it was, there is still a mighty amount of wind in the quarters as Hawthorne is trying desperately to pin up a tarp of sailcloth. As they cover the gaping hole, we notice that there are small stars visible in between the patches of clouds on the horizon. I like the idea that Hawthorne turns to me and is like, can you do, can you do your thing? And I'm just like flicking my hands and there's green sparks coming out of them. Like, I'm out of juice. What good are you? I, you know, what good are you? Waylon dutters for a second and just holds his head in his hands. <laughs> Jesse, you wake up. You're on your bed. <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. Good morning. <clears throat> Evening, Captain. Am I dead? Unfortunately not. Ah, it feels like I am. <clears throat> Wish I was. Who didn't let me die? Huh? It was short of a combined effort. I blame Wayland. It's hmm? a lot of that today. Uh, Wayland. I can't. Hmm? <laughs> you disobeyed orders, mate. Come. What happened? That's a bit of a long story. His head doesn't move. I'm not really going anywhere right now. So? Keep it short. I might pass out on you again. Right. And Wayland's just going to think to himself for a second, shake his head, and just decide that as bizarre as it is, the truth is probably the best course of action here. Long story short, I'm an embodiment of one of Elioth's knights, if you don't know what that is. They're ancient warriors from the past in Avalon. And one of them, mine specifically, possessed Shade and had a bit of a conversation with me. Jesse's on his back and his arm just slumps out. Can I have a drink, please? I'll look for a bottle that's not smashed. Cosette, who has been tending to Jesse's head wound... You feel her small hands underneath your head as she gently lifts you up, touches your lips to a glass, and you begin to drink. And unfortunately, it's water. Oh. Hydration check. Klaus would not allow me to give you rum. And about whiskey, love? Uh, an unfortunate accident. 
happened to all of your whiskey? Oh, the lot of you are useless. Cosette, you're fine. Oh, thank you, Captain. But I am not. Well, you're pretty. And then you hear an unfamiliar voice, Jesse. At least you got that. Jesse slowly turns his head over. I'm just gonna turn to Verison. Uh, <coughs> you see Verison, Mama Coco. Hi, Verison. Normally, Mama Coco can be found leisurely sitting or crouched or sitting with her legs folded beneath her. Sitting is like one of her favorite things. She sits and fishes off of the bow for hours upon hours upon hours. She enjoys sitting. She's got her arms folded over her chest, her back leaned up against the wall, one leg lifted up, and is just stock still, staring. Hi. <coughs> Captain, it's nice to see you. Wish I could say the same. Yeah, do we have to do this right now? We do. All right. Jesse goes to push himself and sit up. Because that helps you. And he turns and sits slumped over, looks up with one eye. The other eye is probably bandaged over. He looks to everyone in the quarters. <clears throat> Get out. Wayland meets his gaze and raises an eyebrow. Hawthorne gives a questioning look to Gazette, who exchanges confusion with them, and they both turn to look at Mama Coco, and then slowly back to the captain. Ollie is get out. That's an order. Their expressions mollified. They leave. Wayland nods. Turns and leaves. The camera follows them, but stops at the door, facing inward. Jesse raises his arms. Puts his arms out wide. Straight on till morning, Captain. <laughs> he bows. Jesse dips his head slightly. Turns and leaves the quarters. The door opens. Verison steps out, closes the door, and you hear that voice again. All right, lads. Your captain is indisposed. And I remain captain until sunrise. Hard to port. Drop the sails. Wayland looks at Captain Ogway. Ogway looks at you. Well, are you gonna disobey my orders too? No, Captain. Then what are you still doing standing here? May I take leave to have a short conversation with Mr. Nakansa? Aye. Thank you, Captain. And he steps aside and starts giving orders. And the crew kind of look back and forth between each other, and the crew just start going, doing their thing. I walk in. Is Jesse conscious? Yeah, he's sitting on his bed up against the wall. Head back. I thought I told you not to enter, but... Not exactly my captain right now. Yeah, I... Yeah. What can I do for you, Wayland? Both of us made damn fool mistakes today. Both because of forces beyond our control. <sighs> yes. However, you're not wrong. I did disobey orders. And Wayland pulls out his pistol and offers it to Jesse. The hell do you want me to do with this? Now, my question is, Zoe, if Jesse shoots me, can I activate my hubris and use the resulting hero point to heal the ship? <laughs> yes. Does it have to be a dramatic wound? It does. And every shot with a gun is a dramatic wound. I want you to deal out punishment, Captain. Why? Do you trust me? Wayland. Wayland's not laughing. Do you trust me, Jesse? Yes. I trust you. Then take your shot. I broke orders, Captain. Not like this. Jesse, I'll be fine. Please question for Patrick. Does it need to be from someone else? Doesn't need to be. Jesse's got the pistol in his hand. He's just looking at it. And he cocks the hammer. Waylon smiles at him. A very soft smile. Aim through, Captain. Jesse hands the pistol back. Do it yourself. 
that's your punishment. Goon takes the gun, turns it around, shoots himself in the chest. <laughs> As the smoke clears, sparks of green magic start to run from his fingertips up his arms, and his eyes glow green. He holsters the pistol. Will that be all, Captain? Jesse turns his head to look at you. I'll see you in the morning, Ryland. Get some rest. I'm spending a danger point. The sound of very quick footsteps and then heavy steps and then quick footsteps and then heavy steps. The door gets kicked open and you see Cosette leaning up against the frame, a blunderbuss in her hand. Mad. What the hell? Cosette, it's fine. Where is she? Cosette. Waylon just holds his hands up. Nebushba, don't you fucking move right now. And Cosette sees that Waylon has his pistol holstered. There's no gun in Jesse's hand. And there is a wound in Waylon's chest. What's the fuck? Cosette. Talk to me. Where did she go? Cosette. Cosette, look at me. Look at me. I'm not looking anywhere else. Everything's okay. And I place my hands on the ground and pump the magic through the ship. And she sees the hole in the side of Jesse's captain's quarters. Fresh branches twist and close in sort of an aperture spiral. Jesse, your right hand begins to twitch and inch closer towards Cosette. Get out. Cosette reluctantly lowers the weapon leans forward as she puts the tip of the weapon down on the ground. Takes a light step, and we hear an audible click as she turns the gun, and it becomes her leg again. You and I should have a conversation. Get out. Jesse, Cosette comes over to you to check on you, and the hand begins to open as if to reach for her neck. Jesse, are you all right? Get out of my quarters. Wayland, did you hurt him? Please get out. Let's go, okay? I'll go get close. We, we, I'll go get close. I'll be right back. And Cosette rushes as fast as she can out of the quarters. Cosette. With Wayland hot on her heels, and the door closes. Jesse pulls his gloves off and with his left hand places them on large table in the center of the room and the camera for a brief moment has a side angle view of him sitting there you don't see his head it's from his shoulders down and you see him place one hand on his lap and an arm next to it no hand oh my god as the camera is panning away slowly it pans past the gloves and one of them is empty. There's nothing inside of it. The other one is slightly filled, and we see just the faintest twitch of one of the fingers as the camera then pans out of the window in the door and is now fast panning across the deck. Cosette. None. Cosette. no. Not now. Yes, now. We have to talk about everything that just happened. About what? About what you saw. About what you did earlier. None. Yes. None. Then when? Never. And when are we going to bed? Never? Yeah, because that's a healthy thing to do, Cosette. That's real healthy. And shooting yourself or the captain shooting is Shooting myself to save the ship because the captain just gave our entire crew over to another person. We are heading off in a different direction, completely off There's course. There's nothing you can do I about that. I saw an option, and I took that option. What but option? I was out, Cosette. I was an empty bottle, what? and there was a way to fill it back up. With blood? It's not Porta. It's the farthest thing from. But yes, that is a thing that specifically I can do. Cosette gets so angry that her face turns red and she stomps right up to you. She's very small. She looks up at you in the face and says, Every drop of blood is precious, Wayland. Every single one. I didn't know. I didn't want any of you to know, but I had to. So did I. None. How dare you look me in the eyes and tell me that you can fix the ship by shedding blood. That is not how it works. Even if I could, I wouldn't. Every time I use my magic, 
I lose a bit of myself. How much is it worth? Hmm? Not enough. It is never enough. Ever. And Wayland very gently opens his arms. How dare you? Cosette. She holds up her hand, the one that she cut. Go get Klaus. All right. Leave me alone. Wayland turns to go and just very quietly over his shoulder. You're not alone. We see Cosette lean heavily on the railing and wince as she's holding her leg. The camera pans down into Klaus's quarters and it's still pretty full. There's still a lot of people in there, but he's still jovial. I look to Klaus. Klaus turns and looks. And Wayland just kind of shrugs his shoulders and holds his hands up and very sheepishly, oops. Villains, that is much more than an oops. An oops is when you scrape your knee or bump your elbow. This is not an oops. Unless, of course, you accidentally walked into a gun. But I suppose it could be worse. Could have been worse. Have a seat. I'll wait. Valand, I don't have time to explain to you how triage works. So you're going to sit your ass down, you're going to take your coat off, and you're going to do as I say, yeah? That ain't, that ain't, that. I apologize. Less apologizing, more sitting. And as Wayland begins to take off his bloody coat and sit down on one of the half-free beds, shade is seen in the corner. They seem to step out of shadow and begin to approach Wayland. Fun. Is this a bad time? All day today. And now it is night. Right you are, shade. No, might as well. Let's chat. Shade does not sit, but they do stand behind Klaus, who is in front of you, busy taking the bullet out of your chest, and they look down at you with a smile that is almost malicious. We appear to be going off course. We are. However, I did say as fast as we could. Now, our expected arrival was... Four days, I believe. That was when we made our agreement. Their eyes flash. Promise. Now we're going off course for about 12 hours, I would say. With that storm, it does appear that we cut that four days into two. Now a 12 hour off course, well that's half a day. Technically, that'll still probably put us at about two and a half days. Now, if you would agree, Two and a half days is significantly faster than four. Would you say this still falls within the realms of as fast as we can? Indeed. Their smile widens, and it's as though you can see the canines sharpen. However, there has been a change in command. Your captain had every intention of going to Makaro as fast as possible. This captain does not, and will make every effort to not make land. So tell me, and they lean so close to you that you can feel a chill in their breath as if the temperature just dropped. Are you willing to bank your soul on it? I look down to Klaus, pulling the bullet out of my chest. Chained, my friend. I am not your friend. Hmm. I don't know. Not a few hours ago, you and I were pretty close. Shade looks you dead in the eyes, Wayland, and their eyes shift from the pupils of a human to the slits of some creature, and you hear very clearly in your head, Watch your tongue. My sincerest apologies, and I bow. They bow politely to Klaus and walk out of the room. Before they do, she... They stop and turn their head just enough so you can see their profile. This is going to sound strange, but thank you. Truly, for earlier. And they walk out. The camera follows Shade as they are walking past the doctor's quarters, up the stairs, onto the deck, 
and breaks off away from them and continues to follow back to the captain's quarters through Luciana's window and is zooming really quickly around the quarters. And we realize that the camera is actually Luciana. Luciana lands on Jesse's hat, which is on one of the posts of the bed. And then the camera pulls away and we can see now that Luciana is slim and thin and a little dirty. There's soot on her feathers. She's not as bright and shiny as she was. She is looking at Jesse tilting her head and gauging whether or not she should approach. Oh, my dear. He raises his left hand and puts a finger up for her. She flits over and lands and then hops a couple of times over to your thumb, leans her shoulder up against it as she's tweeting quietly. It's nice to see you, too. She does, in fact, have soot on her feathers. Jesse would have a little nightstand. He would go to reach and then look down at his arm and... He tries to wipe the soot off with his thumb instead. Luciana rubs her cheek up against your thumb and then hops and turns herself and helps you. While we're having this little moment, your quarters are a fucking mess. There are scrolls everywhere, there are maps, and the little wooden chest that held that chunk of rock that Miguel gave you, it's destroyed. As the ship starts to turn, the crystal rolls out from underneath the table and bumps up against your foot. Jesse puts Lucy down on his knee and reaches down to grab it. Picks it up. You pick it up. Lucy is on your knee and is flitting, looking at the rock as you're moving it. He brings it down to her to look at, too. She's looking at it and she pecks at it and then ruffles her feathers and turns her head away. (laughs) No thanks. No thanks, Dad. As you're looking at the crystal and looking at Luciana, you can see stuff through it. She looks a little strange. What does she look like? So Luciana, for those listening, is a tiny, 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 tiny little albino hummingbird. So she's super ridiculously tiny. So cute. She's so cute. She's probably the size of your thumb. Through the crystal, she looks four times her size. Her beak, it's elongated and pointy and ridged, ridiculously sharp looking. Her eyes, which are cute and adorable and beady, are predatory. Her feathers, which are slim right now, are ruffled in that hawkish looking predator body. And she looks at you and you hear the softest little peep. What are you? Tilts her head almost all the way to the left, ruffles her feathers a little bit. He pulls it closer so he can get a decent look at everything around him and he starts to look around his quarters. Everything looks the same. It's just in a pink hue now. If anything, the destruction looks worse through the stone. Now, remember that these were your mother's quarters before. On the painting, of your mother fully formed with her weapons out, which is old and has seen some wear and tear. There's writing. Jesse tries to get himself up and hobbles way over there and takes a look. In Makaro, you will find one of those that is divine, a favor to the one that holds the heart of our beloved stone. There's a set of coordinates Longitude and latitude. The last number ends in an eight. And the last sentence says, Here it is where I will wait. <sighs> I'm coming, Mom. Luciana lands on your shoulder and hops a couple of times towards your neck and gets all cozy and ruffles. He sinks his head a little bit just until he's kind of given it a little cuddle and reaches over and gives the other side of her head a little scritch. She's very delighted by that. So is he. Jesse's going to find a little spot on desk, places it down, sets Luciana back up in her perch. Which is unfortunately only half there. Better than nothing. And he sits back in his bed. The camera follows Luciana as she is put into her perch and she hops into her little nest and tries to make herself as comfy as she can. She nudges a few bits of shrapnel out of her nest. And the camera fast pans across the deck 
we see the faces of officers such as Roz and Agnes looking confused when Agwe shouts orders at them, and they look directly at Charles, and Charles, unfortunately, is in no position to make any demands of what's going on right now. He is just as lost as everyone else is. And finally, Charles, having had enough, decides to storm downstairs, and we follow him as he enters into Klaus's quarters, where Wayland is sitting down. Oi, Wayland. Aye. What'd the captain say? Did he say anything? Anything about this at all? About this... this... And he gestures up to the ceiling aggressively. This person? Inhabitant Marmacoco? Look, I don't know if it's my place to tell what exactly's going on. It wasn't my choice to make. Apparently it wasn't fucking anybody's choice to make but Jesse's. Oh god, I don't know. I don't know what I can tell you, but I can't. This person has taken us in an entirely different direction. So why the fuck didn't I get a goddamn say about it? I know we're a pirate ship. I get that. But even pirates have a code. We wrote a charter together. And the first fucking rule. All hands get a vote on affairs. This seems like a pretty big goddamn affair. You're not wrong. Oh, and that's not the only one that's broken. May I remind you of number 12 in our articles. The one that states where command goes in the event the captain falls. Charles, I understand, but I don't know that that rule applies here. Well, go on then. Explain it to me. Because apparently I'm not fucking understanding you. I'm not being patronizing here. I'm really not. I understand this a little bit. With my history, magic, you've seen it. You've seen it. It's fine. I understand a little bit better about what's going on right now. And until such a time that Mama Coco feels comfortable telling everybody what's happening. The captain falls. Commander the Rose goes to the first mate. I, first mate being Mama Coco. And Mama Coco, as far as I'm concerned, ain't fucking here right now. I'm going to actually pose an argument to that. As far as I understand it, she has either a deal or an ability to channel an ancient power or individual to assist us in certain situations. Well, fucking thanks for that, Wayland. It's not like I didn't grow up in Carleon and have no idea how these fucking rules go, being with the she and everything. Thanks for clearing that up for me. All right, Charles, look at it this way. One of the knights is pissed, and it's her version of that. But... I don't fucking give a shit about that. Charles, I understand that the way that you see it, that's not Mama Coco. She's obviously someone else right now, but she chose to do that. By all technicality, she is up and able. And I understand that right now, a different personality is in charge. But that does not mean that it's not technically the same person. I'm not going to sit here and debate fucking philosophy with you right now, Wayland. I know that that is a hard thing to accept. I know that there is still the question of choices weren't given. I get it. We can have all the nuanced discussions that we want to when we are in Makaro. We'll be lucky if this fucking ship makes it to Makaro. We'll get to Makaro. I made sure of that. I made sure of that. And Waylon just kind of holds open his shirt where the scar still is. And I have certain individuals very upset with me for that decision. But that was a decision that I made. And it was a decision made so that we could get to where we're going safely. So was that. There's no use in worrying about it right now. Waylon. If I wanted to sit down and let choices happen around me and not have a fucking say, I would have joined up with a fucking ATC. And if this captain wants command of this ship, he's gonna have to fucking fight it from me. And Charles leaves. Charles? Charles? His hands are balled into fists. He has that stern, menacing smirk on his face, as if he's about to dole out punishment. And he storms up the stairs, screaming. Oi! And he marches right up to Ogway's face. <sighs> Oi, Captain, is it? Be respectful. Please, I'm begging of you. I? What be the problem? Problem's you. It doesn't bother you for me to speak my mind, that is. What you got to say, Borson? I don't know who the fuck you are or what the fuck you're doing, but I know where you're fucking taking us. And I don't agree 
If you're a captain, you should know our charter. You should know that the first rule is that all hands get a vote on affairs. And we didn't get a vote here about this. And he takes his pointer finger and shoves it in Agwe's chest and pushes him just a bit about you. And if you respect your office at all, you'll respect our charter. The camera is focused on Charles's face. There is no fear in that man's eyes. There is just stern determination. And we'll have that vote now. And then it jumps to Agwe's face, Mama Coco's face. And in those eyes, we see a smirk. And then the voices begin. It begins with Raz above. I did not get a vote. I would like one now. And then we hear Cosette from behind Charles as the camera pans away. My voice was not heard. And I would like it to be now. Waylon looks around at everyone and realizing that Captain Agwe would probably understand what's happening, nods his head. Jesse, you hear a lot of voices talking outside your quarters and there is a loud knock on your door. Just a quick, like, three raps. Yeah. Captain. I need ya on dick. Uh-huh. Charles rushes in and helps you up. Even though Charles is a rough-looking guy, he's extremely gentle. His movements are very soft and curled and trying really hard not to jostle you. He's even compensating for the rocking of the ship so that when you lean, he takes both your weight and his. And you realize this, it's because of how frail and small Charlotte is. <laughs> I got you, Captain. I'll try not to yell in your ear, all right? And Jesse comes out with Charles and Captain Agwe stands and walks in the center. And now Agnes is up there. Klaus is peeking his head up. He's actually walking towards the captain right now. Agwe touches his hand to the railing and there's a flash of magic that happens. You actually hear his voice in your head. And Agwe says, You can all hear me clearly now. According to your charter, it was not entirely in the captain's hands to make the decision to make me captain. And so, all hands, there is a vote to be had. Before we make this decision, we need to know what the options are, all of us, captain. Penance, until sunrise, I am the captain. Punishment, all the pain that those eels felt, it is up to Verison to survive it until sunrise. That is our bargain. I give the option to you. Charles stares at Agwe and says, All hands, sir. And Agwe smiles. Very well. He closes his eyes. Mama Coco immediately just sits down. And she's holding her temples. And she looks up at all of you. What the fuck are we wasting time having this conversation? I need you all to listen to me very carefully, and I need you to listen well. The Lawa do what the Lawa want. It is not me talking. If he want to, he can go take the ship to fight T. Baron himself and would not give a damn if we all died in the process. So long as he got to hunt. And guess what? He ain't got a physical body. It's me. I may not even wake up after this. I may be dead. Because you all decided that it would have been a good idea to give the ship over to some other captain. What the hell are you talking about? Wayland, I'm talking about Dalawa. I'm talking about Agwe. He ain't taken us to Makaro. He's taken us east. To go find some... some creature. That's what he does. He fights the monsters of the Atabayan for fun. Our ship ain't good enough to do that right now. Not that he cares any. And the only thing binding him to anything right now is the charter. To spare us from fighting some fuck-off monster. I expect every single one of ya 
to say punishment. And if I die, then the Loire moves on. I was not a proper vessel anyway. Does it have to be you? Only the Sevite can accept punishment. Are you positive of that? Trust me. And she looks pointedly right at Jesse as she says that again. His head falls in shame. Now get on with it. Mama Coco shuts her eyes, and when she opens them again, they are an entirely different pair of eyes. And she stands up, brushes the dust off of her pants, and Captain Agwe addresses everyone by placing his hand on the railing again. Now is the time. Speak, and your voice will be heard. Oh, I... Oh, I imagine the camera is from over Jesse's shoulder as he's looking down at the boards, splintered beneath his feet, boots covered in blood. Charles's boots next to his, covered in blood. And as his gaze rises, as does the camera, and the whole crew, the top deck is just staring at him, just in a multitude of emotion. I'm sorry. Punishment. Wayland raises his hand up to his mouth, bites his finger, because he didn't understand where they were going, in as strong a voice as he can muster at the moment. Punishment. Fuck. Charles's jaw clenches, and he nods once. And while his face is hard, and his expression is stern, his eyes are shimmering. Punishment. Roz, from above. Castillo. Cosette, in a very quiet voice, behind her hands. Châtiment. Je suis désolé. And Hogwe repeats every word that he hears from below decks. Some are said in different languages, but all of them unanimously as voted for punishment. Captain Hogwe says in a language none of you understand. Seconza. And the eyes that give away Captain Agwe leak out of the sockets in the form of tears. And Mama Coco comes back immediately racked with pain. The moment that happens, Wayland rushes to catch Mama Coco. You guys both have a hero point. Would you like to spend it on part of the ship, part of the crew? Yeah, I would. Someone else rushes to catch Mama Coco. It's Klaus. And before she can even say whatever she's about to say in the amount of pain that she's in, he pulls out a needle that's at least four inches long and shoves it in her arm and administers whatever's in there. The fuck? Klaus checks her pulse and says, Veland, I'm going to need you to carry Mama Coco down to the infirmary, yeah? She won't be awake for the next... And he taps his chin thoughtfully. 12 to 24 hours? Yeah? Klaus, you are absolutely fucking brilliant. And I grab his head and plant a kiss on his forehead. Jawohl. Air Captain did not just hire me for mine looks. <laughs> Speaking of that, Captain? He doesn't look at him. Hmm. Klaus's eyebrows knit together in a stern look. Captain? Jesse looks very intently past Klaus. Past Wayland, you just see him staring off at one of the railings. Klaus turns quickly to see. There is no one there. Oh. He starts looking around. As he does, the camera is phasing out of reality and into what Jesse is seeing. So from Jesse's perspective, starboard side, close to the bow, he sees a Keatonese woman with long, dark hair and a man with short blonde hair. He's also walking up to the railing next to her. And from under his breath, confused, you hear, Han Hanako? Miles? And then other faces look to him, walk past, some more in focus than others. Some head to the railing, some just continue walking and doing their job. It's many different faces. Faces of crew before this one, as well as... Another crew, he turns around and looks up, and the last face he sees before he passes out again is his mother, Sedona. 
Oof. No, I'm sure Captain Jesse will be fine. He's got his entire crew around him. We'll just have to find out next time. I know, I know, I'm sorry. But I do have some good news. There will be a special Notes with the Narrator coming up. There have been a few questions asked in our Discord, to which we'll answer. Personally, you'll hear it from us first. So if there's any questions you want to ask us, maybe about mechanics, maybe about some of the narrative that you've already heard. That's right, I still don't believe in spoilers. Or if you want to ask a character question, whether it be for Jesse or for Wayland, or even for some NPCs that you've met, and that includes some not nice ones, feel free to ask, and we'll do what we can to answer them in the next notes of the narrator. And you can use whichever platform you find easiest to ask those questions. Just make sure to put the hashtag NWTNQuery in your question. And we'll know what you want answered on the next Notes with the Narrator. Until then, we'll see you next time. Be safe and well.